Fresh Art International presents conversations about creativity in the 21st century. This is Fresh Art International. I'm Kathy Bird. Today we take you to Venice, Italy to meet Hong Kong artist and composer Samson Young. We're here for the opening days of the 57th Venice Art Biennale. The Hong Kong Pavilion sits on prime real estate directly across from the main entrance of the Arsenale, one of two principal venues for the renowned international art exhibition. Fake news, metafiction, politics, pop music, and philanthropy are all at play in Samson Young's biennial project, Songs for Disaster Relief. His multi-part installation begins in the courtyard. Neon text on the stone wall behind an expansive, red, blue, and yellow stage, cites a confusing quote from 1957 by Mao Zedong, father of the People's Republic of China. The world is yours, but also ours, but really yours. The platform is the first in the pavilion set of ambiguous interconnected environments. In the first room, a digital collage statue Drawings and gilded vinyl records reveal the hybrid nature of Young's research-based practice. I enter the next room by passing through a velvet curtain. Silky curtains line the walls of this glowing inner sanctum the private world of a mysterious pop singer named Boomtown Gundane. A video of the singer's eerie performance on a frosty outdoor stage in North Dakota is projected onto the folds of fabric that cover the back wall. The last room resembles a small theater where another wall-sized video projection features the muted performance of a choir. Samson Young joins me when I venture back outside into the sunlight. Perched on the edge of the stage, we talk about the stories behind his project. The running theme throughout the exhibition is, of course, charity singles, but also the one and other larger theme that for me ties everything together is the idea of failed aspiration and how to look back at the beginning of moments of aspiration, even if an aspiration has failed. 
by today's sort of measurement and, and judgment? And could we reconcile the product that we now see with the benefit of hindsight of history and then also the purity of the, um, of the aspiration that started the thing, the process which generated this problematic product. So I didn't conceive of a show just for the biennial. We, I usually have a couple of ideas in my head that I think I would like to research into and then when the appropriate context arises, then I dive into it. So this is one of those projects. We decided on the topic pretty early on. And I think the point of origin of my interest in Charity Single is when they did a remake of Do They Know It's Christmas? And they, so it's not Boy George doing it, it's like with all the new singers and, and but they try to do it in exactly the same way, you know, like the MTV, like the mega super group of stars and people sort of like holding the headphone and then approaching the mic doing it. All of that was very much like how they did it in the 80s. And I think for me, that image was very weird. And I wanted to find out why I felt that was weird. Like, maybe it's my problem. Maybe it's not the song's problem. And so I started asking that question of why, like what was the source of my discomfort? And that's what started the research into this project. For listeners that might not know what that means, a charity single. Mm. It's a song that was specially recorded to raise funds for some cause, some global cause. Yeah, for charitable cause. And, and I, that, of course, was the most popular in the 80s, really. And we've had some very iconic charity singles like We Are The Wild and Do They Know It's Christmas? These are songs that we all know. And these are also songs that I have chosen to respond to and to, let's say, misread and elaborate upon. And there won't be snow in Africa this Christmas time. There's local variation as well. So, for example, Bridge Over Tribal Water, for everybody else in the world, it's just Bridge Over Tribal Water, but, but for people of Hong Kong, it was covered in 1991 by a group of stars to raise funds for the Eastern China flood. And so for the people of Hong Kong, Bridge Over Tribal Water is not Bridge Over Tribal Water, but this charity song, which is very iconic and representative of the time. You chose these two because they're the ones that are embedded in everyone's brains. So those, that's what you wanted to disrupt. Well, yeah, they're iconic uh, songs and they have a lot of histories that I could already tap into. And also specifically, the lyrics for Do They Know It's Christmas is very weird, really, it, and so and, and problematic in all kinds of ways. The reason why I've chosen Do They Know It's Christmas is specifically because I found this piece of news on the internet about a group 
of unemployed musicians from Cape Town who had produced a response to Do They Know It's Christmas? And they called that song, Yes We Do. And they used that song and the charity single to raise funds for contraception programs in the UK. And so when I read about that, I was like, okay, I need to find that musician. And his name was Boomtown Gandani. And so I asked my Cape Town musician friends to help me hunt down this person. Only weeks later did I find out that this actually did not happen. What I had read on red light politics for the first time was a piece of fake news that had uh, made the round on the internet several times and had then been reposted as real news. When I found out about that, I was like, okay, this is perfect. If you are doing Do They Know It's Christmas, you, you know, We Are The World is a good sort of song to match it. And, and I've chosen a very specific chorus to sing this piece, it's a Federation of Trade Union Chorus. That's how the piece came together. So let's describe what the experience is for those people who enter the space. There's this sculpture, this melange, assemblage kind of sculpture that represents your brain. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like a collage of all, all of the different elements that I came across in the research. I have invented this fictional character called Boomtown Gennady, which of course refers to this fake news. And I try to recreate the world in which he inhabits. In my imagination, he had actually recorded a response song, which you will hear in the space, and he toured with the song. So that's why on the wall you see all these make-believe platinum records, which are his platinum records that he... That's him singing on the video. And it's also him singing in the video. And these fake platinum records, they were all sort of like music tour records, but I had modified them to make like to look like platinum records. And the statue that you see in the middle of the room is basically the main image of the concert tour, but made into a 3D object. We fabricated that object with 3D printing. So it's made to look like bronze, but it sits on a mirror. And so if it was made of real bronze, it, the mirror would never support it. Yeah. So part of the fake. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. And then you enter in this gorgeous space. That's fictional characters living room like these are furnitures that I have chosen and of course some are actually very ugly but in my imagination these are all things that the fictional character would appreciate and it's actually partly about autobiographical because I, I've actually mixed into the fictional characters story a bit of my family history and so inside of that room you also see objects that belong to my personal collection there's like an award that I won before and then like photographs and these things that, that belong to me. So this sort of like meta fiction, that sort of uh, idea I have used in other pieces before. And this is the fourth time I've collaborated with this particular singer. Every time when I make a meta fiction, I use this singer. And he sort of, he's part me and part him. The second room has whispering singers. It's a trade union chorus performing a sort of what I call muted version of 
we are the world. So the Federation of Trade Union in Hong Kong is a very unusual organization in that they are pro-labor. They've also had a long history and association with Beijing and the Communist Party. And I thought it would be wonderful to get them to sing this song. It would just set a whole world of intertextuality in motion and it would make it really complicated. I had also promised them that I'm not going to try to make fun of them. I'll put them in a good night light, I'll shoot them in a way that is dignified. And so we came together and made this piece, which I was very happy about. And you show them in a space that's very respectful of their work. Yeah. I, it, it feels different. It's yeah. good. What do you want people to take away from this experience? I think although like the different research and the logical elements of the show is very messy and almost an overload of information, I think that's okay. However, I think my feeling and sort of how I feel about these songs and these situations, the affect, effective quality of the piece is very obvious, I think. It reads as universally appealing with a certain nostalgia to me and also irony in the way it's presented, the singing and the experience of it where there's a question of the, not just the authenticity, but the emotional honesty. Congratulations. Thank you. This is Fresh Art International. I'm Kathy Bird. You've been listening to my conversation with Hong Kong artist Samson Young at the 57th Venice Art Biennale. His songs for disaster relief mocks the industry's imperialist history of do-good songs while expressing appreciation for the effort and exposing Samson Young's drive to find real caring for the other in a world awash in xenophobia. Visit our website to learn more about this project and hear other encounters we recorded at the Biennale. If you like what you're hearing, please let us know at FreshArtintl. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for more contemporary art talk.